so we want to thank you guys for coming today. And uh, you might be wondering why. Just tell me when you're going to take a picture so I can actually pose. Are you ready? Take another one. We got to take another one. You ready? This only happened once. This is only happening once. I'm just telling you that right here. Let me stretch. Hold on. I got to get ready for this one. I hope you got it because I can't do that again today. Uh, here we go. We had issues Sunday with our Facebook Live. It wasn't working right. We were trying to. but um, Sunday, we had our Celebrate Recovery Sunday here at the church, getting them to, allowing them to see what's going on in this uh, program. And uh, we had two special ladies get up, Jody and Peggy, which is a Call them my lunch ladies. Can we call them lunch ladies? I like that word a lot better. Lunch lady land, yeah. No, and they help with all the food, and, and they're, they're very helpful with that. And if you don't know this, Peggy is terrified to speak in public. She texted me her three sentences that she wanted to read, and she asked, she goes, is this good enough? I was like, sure. Like, I'm just glad you're getting up there. But we are starting this uh kind of our steps through our program here on principle one and step one, uh, this third Tuesday in uh, January, I guess it is. I was trying to do the math in my head. But it says, principle one is realize I'm not God. I admit that I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. And we admit that we are powerless over our addiction and compulsive behaviors that our lives had become unmanageable. So Romans 17 says, I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. We're going to begin a, we're, we're, we're going to begin a journey down a road starting now. And, and many of you have already traveled this in your background, but how many of you can agree that there is always something new we have to get out of our way so we can continue to grow in Christ Jesus every day, every year. And, um, you know, the thing is, there, there's two questions, I, well, three questions. Are you going to let your past failures prevent you from taking this journey? Are you going to be afraid of change? And what are your fears of the future? How many of you like change? Raise your hand. Phil does. Phil likes change? <laughs> no. <laughs> you were out there supposed to hand the papers. If you did not get a piece of paper, a little handout, Phil, Phil is going to go grab some and hand them to you. There's a little sheet. And, and it's not like a homework sheet, but it's something that you can take home. This way you can... Uh, have something physical with notes and allow you to take some notes because sometimes having notes is good. But anyways, we're going to talk about letting go, taking off the masks. We're going to take the masks off. Many of us, all right, I'm just speaking for me. I won't speak for you. Many of me love superheroes. Thank you. Hulk, all right. I know. I was looking for that one. I had my Captain America one somewhere, and I 
But anyways, we, we know our superheroes and their secret identities when you read the comics, watch the cartoons, movies, all those things. But one thing that we realize is they don't know each other's unless you're Batman. So we're going to watch this real quick. citizens. Hold on a second here. What about the whole secret identity thing? I mean, I trust you guys, but I'm not sure I'm ready to... Wally West, Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne. Show off. Red hair. It suits you. You think? Change. Now. Alright. So, we have to do that. The thing that they were going through in this uh, episode was they were hiding from from invaders. And the thing that they didn't want to do was to be found because they had abilities to dampen their, their superpowers. So rather than trying to hide out of sight, they became who they truly are, their, their, their secret identity to hide. So many of us are too used to, to wearing our mask. That we get so used in, in, in the, the mask that we wear that when we take it off, we have no clue who we are. That sometimes we, we have conceived in, or, or convinced ourselves to such a, an amazing, to, to such an amazing feat that you really don't know who you are. One of the greatest verses that, the, that, that Jesus tells us, the, the two greatest commandments is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbors as you love yourself. And the issue that we can't love others that are around us is because we don't know who we are to love ourselves, because we have a mask. And it's almost like this, um, this, uh, Clip. I couldn't remember the word clip. There you go. We didn't really practice this transition, but we're working on it. Lex, you're having a difficult day. Hmm. If nothing else, I can at least learn the Flash's secret identity. I have no idea who this is. How many of you have felt like that? Mark, where's my hand? So what we're going to work on today, and especially when we get into the small groups, is... Can we take off our masks and get out of denial of who we are, of who we think we have been, and allow God to heal us? We have to be willing to get rid of, get rid of the, the unnecessary baggage in our life. And that comes in all different shapes and sizes, and it, and it holds us back. And, and if you remember last week, and, and I kind of gave the same message Sunday because uh, 
I really felt the need to to not let you guys just hear it, but but others. And we uh, we go back to Hebrews twelve one. And Hebrews twelve one says, since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back, especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up and let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. We have a cloud of witnesses around us. That's us and that's those who have gone before us. They want to help us run our race, but for many of us, our past hurts, hangups, and habits hold us back. They trip us up. How many of you this week already, and it's only Tuesday, have had to battle a thought from your past? How many of you can be proud enough to stay and, 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 and raise your hand to say, I, I defeated that thought? I didn't let it control that next moment after it. And it's tough. For many of us, it happens way too many times a day that we're, we're comfortable with. Some of us, it, it catches us off guard because we haven't had to deal with that in so long. And then all of a sudden, where'd this come from? It just came out of nowhere. You may have been hurt so deeply. Maybe you were abused as a child, as an adult. You were in an abusive relationship, physically, verbally. Maybe you were in a marriage where adultery was committed. Maybe you were in a in a home where where drugs and alcohol were part of a normal thing. Maybe you were in a place in your life that you were so dependent on what others thought of you to build you up, to make you feel worthy. The thing is, I know that hurt. We share the burdens, but we don't have to let that dictate our next step and how we run this race. Working this, this Christ-centered recovery program will, with God's power, allow you to find the courage and the strength to overcome those, those hurts, to forgive those who have hurt you, to let go of those, those habits, those addictions that control our life. Some of us are bound by guilt. We keep beating ourselves up. Whenever I was, I was uh, playing sports, we won the game. I remembered every missed shot that it almost took the glory of, of the victory that we had at that, in that game because I was so focused on the negative and on the past and on the failures. We have to stop beating ourselves up over that guilt that we're trapped and stuck in. You think that no one anywhere is as bad as you are. Maybe some of you, when you first came here, no one's going to understand what I've been through. No one is. And I guarantee it, there is nothing here that anyone could stand up and say they've dealt with, they, they've gone through that someone else can't stand up and say, I've done. I've been there. You're not alone. That is the one. That that that'd be like the new motto I would love to put is, rather than our church sign, we're not a Dairy Queen, but we have good Sundays. 
needs an S on the end of that. I'm sorry. It bugs me every time I see it. But the thing is, I would love to see on there, you are not alone. Because so many of us are walking through life feeling like we are alone because we're stuck in denial. Philippians 3.13 says, No, dear brothers, I am still not all I should be, but I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. The bottom line is if you want to be free from your past hurts, habits, and hang-ups, you need to deal with your past. The past bitterness, the guilt, the pain once and for all. Isaiah 43.18 tells us, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. How many of you have ever fixed anything in the future by just sitting and sulking in the past, in the present? We try. How many of you try to ignore your past that you end up repeating the past in the future? We need to learn from it. Offer forgiveness, make amends, and then let it go. I remember a story a preacher was telling that uh, in their in their Bible uh, at their Bible college, uh, this guy kept putting his signups, you know, in, in these windows, and he had a letter, you know, a sheet per letter, said L E T let G O D God let God let God you know let God do. Then one of the things is the wind kept blowing; it kept blowing the D off of there. It says let go. Let go. Sometimes we can't let God do it because we won't let go. The truth is we can say without any doubt or fear, the Lord is my helper and I'm not afraid of anything that mere man can do to me. That's Hebrews 13, 6. I, I, when I talked to Ken this week, I kind of told him a little bit about what's going on, kind of how I, I'm feeling. He, he's been an accountability partner and a mentor to me and and uh, he said, you know, he knows exactly where, I, where where I'm at because he was he was over there at Little Creek. He goes, I was trying to play and sing. He goes, I don't sing, I can't sing, but I was trying to do it. And, and he was trying to do it all. And and uh, you know, so a prayer request is pray for some some, some people to uh, to kind of join me back up on the stage. Maybe someone feels the, the led to to really help with worship. Maybe you can sing. You want to come up here and come talk to me. Because I, I really don't like to be up there. But I I know God's called me to it. And who am I to say no to what God has called us to do? That's why I love putting my headphones in. I don't know how I sound and I don't care. And then I don't care what you think. But at the same time, I, I'm trying to, is, is it good enough? Is, is it sounding, are, are people singing? And I want to close my eyes because I just don't want to, I don't want you to dictate my praise to God, because then it's not. Then it's me worrying about you, and I get in that denial of I'm doing this for God. You know, I'm, I'm really doing it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing it for them. I'm not trying to get a pat on the back. I'm not trying to sound pretty and perfect. And as we go through denial is we have to notice, notice we have to acknowledge that pink elephant in the room. Sometimes we have accountability partners and neither one of us talk about it. It's all right. Maybe maybe, maybe you have a spouse or a girlfriend, boyfriend, or, or, or family, and it's like in, in the, 
Do any of these sound familiar to you? Have you ever done this? Can't we just stop talking about it? Talking only makes it worse. If we don't talk about it, it will go away. So let's pretend it didn't really happen. If I tell her it hurts me when she says that, I'm afraid she will leave me or vice versa. If I tell him it hurts me when he says that, I'm afraid he will leave me. They really, they really don't drink that much. It really doesn't hurt when he does that. You know, I'm fine. The guy down the road, he drinks more than I do. That, that, that lady over there, she's been married three times. I've only been married twice. You know, I, I eat because you make me so mad. If you don't nag at me all the time, I wouldn't. Then we try to do the keeping score. This is what I had to do at my job. You didn't have to do as much as I had to do, and we weren't blaming ourselves. We just expect that we did more. And I need a few drinks to relax. It doesn't mean that I have a problem. This is denial. Before we can take the first step of our recovery, we must first face and admit our denial. God says in Jeremiah 6.14, you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. So the first thing, we have to disable our feelings. Hiding our feelings, living in denial, freezes our emotion and binds us. Understanding and feeling our feelings is where we find freedom. Second Peter 2.19 says, They promise them freedom, that they think of any hurt, habit, or hang-up, any addiction, any substance, any person that you felt was, that can fit in that they, they promise them freedom, while they themselves are slaves of destructive habits. For a man is a slave of anything that has conquered him. For me, that was pornography. Pornography, sex, and what other people thought of me. So the basic test of freedom is not what I'm free to do. It's what I'm free not to do. When you were dealing with your, your hurt, habit, or hang-up, did you ever feel the freedom of, I can stop it whenever I want? You said you could stop whenever you want, but could you really? Could you just say, no, I'm done with that on your own? You never could. We find freedom to feel our true feelings. When we find Christ and we step out of denial, we feel true freedom. When we finally say, God, I want out of this and I need you to do it because I am too weak to do this on my own. I didn't do that. There was so much energy lost in, in, in what I was fighting of trying to overcome it myself. And it's a major side effect of denial is anxiety, and anxiety causes us to waste precious energy dealing with these past hurts and failures and the fear of the future. Psalm 146.7 says, He frees the prisoners. He lifts the burdens from those bent down beneath their loads. There's so much energy lost because I'm trying to hide what, what I looked at on the computer. I was trying to hide the text messages I was sending to people I shouldn't have been sending. I was trying to hide feelings. 
and true emotions because I'm afraid that's going to interrupt me and my agenda. Are there things in your life right now that you are spending too much time trying to keep covered so no one else will find out? Are there things in your life that you are working so hard to try to keep trampled down that you're missing so many other important things in your life? Denial negates growth. We are as sick as our secrets, and again, we cannot grow in recovery until we are ready to step out of our denial into truth. God's waiting to take your hand and bring you out. The Bible says they cried out to the Lord in their troubles, and he rescued them. He led them from the darkness and shadow of death and snapped their chains. Somebody's chains right now is just taking off that mask. Maybe that's what's been holding you back for so long because you haven't truly seen who you are. Because it isolates us from God. Adam and Eve are a great example because once they sinned, they knew they did something that they weren't supposed to. And what did Adam do? He tried to rationalize. He said to God in Genesis 3:12, "The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree. What me? It wasn't my fault. They, 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 they gave it to me. I was just standing there. I was just trying to hang out with them, and, and they wanted to go to the party, and I didn't want to feel alone, so I, I just went. It wasn't my fault I, I was there. We could say it was their, their fault for, you know, it, it's, my, it's, it's my uncle's fault because he, he's the one that had the, the dirty magazines. No, it's, it's always someone else's fault. You can't grow when you're too busy blaming everybody. But then God's light shines on the truth. Our denial keeps us in the dark. First John 1, 5 through 7 says, God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all. But denial not only isolates us, negates our growth, causes energy loss, or disables our feeling, it also alienates us from our relationships. It, alienate, it alienates us from those who are truly caring and loving for us. Denial tells us we are getting away with it when we think no one knows. Just like that clip we just showed there when Batman points out everybody else's, your mask is not covering you very well. But we think it does. From the age of 12, I began learning how I could wear a mask to fool everybody else around me. And then it was... I think I, I don't know where I shared this at. I, I think it was in Sunday school, but, you know, I, I was leading a Bible study, and we were talking, and someone goes, yeah, he goes, when you were a kid, I thought you were pretty cocky. Like, you know, the thing is, I look back, I agree with him. I didn't. No, I wasn't. I was fooling people. People didn't know that. I was humble. I was, I was a good kid. They, they knew. 
I just didn't want to know. And our hurts, habits, and hang-ups, they, they alienate us from those who, who love us the most, and we hurt them the most. It's like, I want my cake and eat it too. But if, if, if we're so worried about our hurts that we think, if I can just keep this deep down secret just from ever getting out, no one will be hurt, yet it does the most damage. Just like the example I gave last week, if I took a bottle of chlorine, poured it into a water bottle and said, this is water, yet chlorine bleach is not good for you. That is what you're handing to everybody. You're handing them a false you. Ephesians 4.25 says, stop lying to each other. Tell the truth, for we are part of of each other, and when we lie to each other, we are hurting ourselves. I'm, 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 I'm learning that this is our nature. This is our sin nature that we we were born with because Hinton clearly pottied in his pull-up. I watched his. I watched the faces change. While I know what he's doing, he was doing his duty, and uh, you're Hinton, poopy pants. Mm-hmm. Not only did I see it, I smell it. When someone asks you something and you lie, they smell it. All right? Don't think you smell like peaches and roses because it's far from it. Because we're not wanting to tell the truth. We're wanting to keep that false mask on us because we think that is who we should be. The last thing that denial does, it lengthens the pain. We have a false belief that it protects us from our, our pain. But it only draws it out. Have you ever had a splinter and you just left it in your hand? Then you go and touch something. Ouch. Why don't you do something about it? Uh, we ain't got time. But every time you keep touching something, it hurts. It hurts. There's a story about, about a guy who... Every time he was, uh, he, he had a pair of gloves or something, and uh, he kept putting them on, and he said they always hurt. He, and he went through so many different pairs of gloves. The thing is, he had a splinter on the end of his finger. I know there's a different story that goes with this, but this is the first one that came to my mind. But it was him. He didn't want to take the fact that it was his fault that he began to say it was everything else. Remind me, Ken just texted me, and I need to announce that later. But Jeremiah 30, 17 says, I will give you back your health again and heal your wounds. John 8, 32 says, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We have to step out of denial so we can step into Jesus' unconditional love and grace and begin your healing journey of recovery. It's time that we take off our mask. So when we go into small group, there's some questions there. Maybe maybe you've looked through that. I'm praying that your toes might feel a little sore because it's going to get you to want to step out. 
And it was Kim that said it to me this uh, yesterday morning. I said, uh, I might have stepped on some toes. I go, it was a little bit on purpose. He goes, you know, the thing is, if you step on a toe, you might start moving your feet. I don't want to see any of you staying in your hurt habit or hang up or addiction or, or, or any of those things that are keeping you from the relationship that God wants you to have with his son. Because I don't want you to let me do the same thing. So as we get ready to go into our small groups, be, be prepared to share. Be prepared for someone to ask you some questions that you might not want to answer. The best accountability partners are the ones that will ask the questions that you don't want to answer, and they will do it because they don't want to hear the answers, but they know they need to ask it anyways. Are you that person for someone, and is someone that person for you? Because that's one of the steps that we will have to take, and it will help you get out of denial. So it's time to get out of Egypt where denial is and get out of denial. If you'll stand with me as we recite the surrender.